0: Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Technology Uncorked. This show is brought to you by Navman. Now, as I've spoken about these devices before, the navigation units certainly help to make sure you know where you're going, and the dash cam units certainly make sure they keep an eye on the road and everything that's happening around you so you have that second witness in the car. Now, what I haven't mentioned to you before is that you can actually trade in old Navman units that you may have laying around that you're not using anymore, maybe because they're out of date, the things aren't really working that well, whatever the case may be, uh, you can trade them in and you'll actually get 30% off the RRP of a new Navman GPS or dash cam unit. So do try that that out. It's a simple process to go online and redeem this offer. Um, You always do have the 20% discount code for someone who doesn't have something to trade in. You can get 20% off any of these products uh, just by typing in the code uncorked. So tell your friends, share this code around because 20% off is actually a fantastic discount when you're talking about something that is around the $200 to $300 mark. Not that all of their products are that high. Do check them out. Head to navman.com.au. Make sure you know where you're going and make sure you're staying safe on the roads. That is what I genuinely do care about. All right, now look, tonight I am sharing with myself and you guys a bottle of Fidel, F-E-D-E-L-E. It's a Italian white wine uh, all the way from... Italy. I think it's actually from Sicily to be precise. Uh, this is an organic wine for those who are fascinated by organics and it's important to them. This is something that I'm finding very interesting. A $21 bottle of wine, not very expensive. However, first little sip on the lips, uh, it's a smooth wine. It's not acidic. It doesn't bite you and say, Ugh, I'm, I'm big and white. It actually just says I'm cool and it's relaxing. It goes along really well with seafood. I'm getting a bit of citrus, however, a bit of vanilla in the mix, silky smooth in the mouth. I'm really enjoying this wine. It's going to go great for the rest of the show. Uh, but to be honest, I'd much rather be sitting down with some fresh prawns, something like that. That big mix of seafood with this would go really, really well. Now, moving on from the wine, what are we going to talk about today? Now, first of all, there's going to be some news. I've got news from Twitter, news from Google about the Pixel 4, some new improvements to that device. Uh, I've mentioned before the AirFly Pro. The AirFly Pro has now been with me for a little while. It's a very interesting device that is going to allow you to use your wireless headphones with a treadmill in the gym, with the in-flight entertainment system, whatever it is, uh, wireless headphones will work with this device, and I can't wait to tell you more about it. Uh, I've had the Amazon Echo Show 8 in the house, been looking at it, talking to it, it's been looking at me and talking back to me. Uh, And then I've got an interview with Larking Huang, he is the managing director of Huawei, Uh, in australia and we had a really interesting chat we also go through those typical five or six questions that i ask everybody they interview and you get to find out what his favorite wine is as well let's get on with the tech news first Alright, right. Now, first of all, from from Google, if you've got a Pixel 4 and you've invested the thousand odd dollars to to have one of these devices, one of the great things that, that does come with, you know, phones that are from a premium brand is they tend to evolve over time. Now, what Google has done is they've released some updates. And first of all, if you've got music playing on the Pixel 4, you can almost do like a Jedi stop. Um, hand signal to the phone and it will stop the music from playing second of all if you're driving and unfortunately you're involved in a car accident the phone will actually detect obviously that huge motion or the impact and it will start to ask you whether you're okay if you say you're not okay or actually in fact if you do not respond which would be worse it will automatically place an emergency call um, if you're in Australia to triple zero if you're in the UK to triple nine uh, the US 911 and so on with your location. So it will use GPS to send your location, the fact you're unresponsive, and it will obviously then open up a call for emergency assistance. They'll know where to find you. I love this little feature. It's a simple thing that's there and you know what? It should have been there in the first place and this should really be on every phone because if you could actually detect uh, people that are unconscious, every single minute does count in those situations and I think that's great of Google to add that in. Interesting from Google, if you've got a Pixel 4, head out and do the update today. There are other, other updates that are there, some improvements to photos and videos, emojis, some extra uses of the power button, interesting things, but to me, they were the two highlights that I had to mention for you right now. Twitter. I'm switching over to Twitter here, anyone who uses Twitter, um, do, do follow me because it's fun and I guess my number's up. But GQuattramani is my Twitter handle uh, and do say g'day. I'd love to actually interact with you, the listener. Now, for those who are using Twitter, I do think the numbers are a lot smaller, obviously, than the likes of Facebook, Instagram, and others. However, they're looking at rolling out something called fleets. Now, fleets is interesting because the word fleet to me used to mean something along the lines of, you know, lots of ships, for example, a fleet of ships. However, in this case, they're actually talking about it like stories. So if you've got Instagram or Facebook, you'll see that they've added stories, which is essentially adding a picture, adding something that will be seen for 24 hours and then disappear. Looks like it's coming to Twitter. They're testing this in Brazil first because I guess Brazil is a good test market for this in some some way. Essentially, same thing that, you're, that you've seen before on Instagram and others images, even tweets can be seen for 24 hours, they'll automatically disappear. Interestingly, they won't be able to be embedded uh, like you can with tweets in in websites. So for example, when Donald Trump decides to do something, if he actually uses fleets, this will be a huge problem for news organizations because all they'll be able to do is potentially screenshot it and then embed it themselves. Whereas what usually happens is they like to take the tweet and move it over and embed it into their news article so it's quite interesting for me you know twitter is just trying their best man they are really trying to get their numbers up it looks like their ceo is about to be ousted as well so there's a whole bunch of drama uh, i do like twitter i use it a lot for keeping up with the news if you're not on twitter i think it's an interesting thing to get on board with i think there's also a lot of garbage on twitter a lot of hate that tends to happen there's a lot of um, bullying and harassment i think that goes on there However, for me, as a news tool, I have it open all day. I'm always staring at it, and that's where news breaks first. Let's be honest. Journalists are on there, and if journalists are on there, before they even write their story, they're tweeting about it. So I tend to hear about when Michael Jackson died, when Osama bin Laden was shot, um, when terrorist attacks happened, blah, blah, blah. It's all bad news, but I'm sure there's good things that happen on there too, but you do hear about it on Twitter first. So a bit of a tidbit for you there. Now, I mentioned, I mentioned that I was using the AirFly Pro. Now, the AirFly Pro is a very interesting device. It's a very small dongle, much smaller than a small matchbox, okay? And it's got a small cord that sits outside of it with a three and a half mil input. This can be attached to an in-flight entertainment system where you've got the little headphone socket at the front, or it can be attached to a treadmill, which maybe a lot of treadmills these days in gyms have got televisions. And sometimes you can watch them, but it's kind of nice if you can hear them. The thing is, though, that most of us are turning up to gyms or on planes with Bluetooth headphones. If you've got a pair of Apple AirPods or you've got the Samsung ones, whatever it is, these buds are becoming more and more common. And maybe you've even got more premium headphones that go over ear. Again, they mostly come in Bluetooth now. Do you want to run the cord and have it in your way? Not really. So this little guy has a 16-hour battery life and runs Bluetooth. That's all it does, is it really just has a Bluetooth transmitter on it. You can connect two Bluetooth headphones to it in case you want to share with somebody, plug it into, say, your treadmill, and suddenly you're transmitting whatever the treadmill is is playing to your wireless headphones. That's it. That's all this thing does. It's the simplest product on the planet, but it does it very well. I said 16 hour battery life. That means that for most people, you can get an international flight completed and use it the whole way for those who want to transmit in the other direction. So this is an interesting thought. What if you've got a car that has an auxiliary input, which is three and a half mil, and you want to stream your music via Bluetooth? Because not every car has Bluetooth. I'm sorry, not everyone affords a modern vehicle. So if you've got a car that doesn't have Bluetooth, but you've got the auxiliary port, you don't need to run that cord anymore. Plug the AirFly Pro into it. There's a small toggle on the side to send or receive. You're now gonna flick it over to receive. And what that means is it will then be able to, you know, absorb or listen to everything that you send through from your phone via Bluetooth to the car. It couldn't be simpler. I think in the old days, I used to use an FM um, transmitter. It used to be something that goes into your 12-volt or cigarette lighter as you used to call it. You'd tune in a station, and then anything that you were Bluetooth would actually go through an FM transmitter with your car. then tune into that. So this is that step up. This is that more modern version of that. And it's honestly, it's fantastic. It charges via USB-C. So if you do have a modern phone, I've just dropped it. If you do have a modern phone, uh, it just charges that way. It couldn't be simpler. Oh, the price. If you shop around, you will find it for anywhere between $70 to $100. I've seen different prices. Uh, you do need to shop around because it looks like some retailers do have a price cheaper to say the Apple store. Um, do have a look at this. It's the AirFly Pro. For me, it's going to be with me everywhere I go because um, when I do go to the gym, if I'm going to use cardio equipment, I'm plugging this thing in because I don't really want to have to um, just listen to music on my phone. Sometimes I actually want to watch content because you tune out. Uh, and again, if i want a flight, it's maybe one less pair of headphones I need to pack because if I just use my AirPods, suddenly I'm able to just plug this into the in-flight entertainment system and I'm away. So a really, really cool product. Um, it just fits so nicely in your pocket and it's something you can just take anywhere. The 12South AirFly Pro, you type it into Google, you'll find it anywhere and everywhere. The other thing that I have been testing and it's really it's another one. Okay, this is like, oh, another one. Yeah, no, this is another one uh, in a slightly different size. What am I talking about here? I'm talking about the new Amazon Echo Show. This is the eight inch version. So it's the Show 8. We have the Echo Show 5, Echo Show 8, and then there is the Echo Show, which actually has a 10 inch screen. They just didn't call it the Echo Show 10. What's the difference between all three of them? Not much. One has a five inch screen, eight inch screen, 10 inch screen. The speakers are slightly different in all three. The camera on the front is slightly different in all three. The looks of it is pretty much the same. It's just a bit bigger in each variant, as you understand. For me, this comes down to well, where is it going? Because from what I've discovered, the Echo Show 5 fits perfectly on a bedside table, has a large clock. You can put a nice picture on the background, something to talk to when you wake up, listen to your music, have your alarm clock, see who's at the front door, the simple stuff. The larger Echo Show, the 10 inch one, I think fits really well in the kitchen. You can watch recipes take place. You can check out the latest news, have it videos playing on there. Uh, I think that's fantastic. It's a nice size screen. If you're working on the oven or the stove, you can glance over at this 10 inch screen and you're looking at it. The Echo Show 8 is interesting because where does that go? Uh, I started off by putting it in the bedroom. I had it as my bedside clock. It's a bit big. I'll be honest, it's a bit big. And even when the screen is in night mode where it's black, it's not an OLED display, so it's not really black, black. The, the, the screen is still effectively on, even though it's showing the clock as small as it possibly can in the darkest possible way. Um, there is still light coming from the device, and that could bother people who are light sleepers. So I don't think it belongs in the bedroom. I think it's a bit too small for the kitchen, unless maybe you've got a super small kitchen. Like maybe, you know those hotels that you see, ones that you can kind of live in for a week? Um, You know, those hotels, it's like a a live-in apartment where you could move in. It's really good for one person. It's got a stove, which really has one or two burners. The oven looks more like a microwave. If you've got a kitchen that size, nothing wrong with that. But if you've got a kitchen that size, then the Echo Show 8 might actually be the right fit because otherwise the Echo Show 10 could look like a smaller microwave or it may actually stand out too much in the kitchen. So the Echo Show 8 is good in that way. I actually think it belongs in an office. And I'm I'm interested by this because where I'm recording now, um, I, I do have my desk and I have my screen and things like that. Echo Show 5 could fit in here as well. But the good thing about the Echo Show 8, which the Echo Show 5 does not have, is great audio. And I should have mentioned this earlier. The Echo Show 8 sounds really, really good, like really good for something of its size, a really impressive audio system. Now, it's got two 2-inch speakers, um, 10 watts per channel, which is actually very much the same or very close to being the same as the 10-inch version. Really solid sound and depth that I didn't expect out of a smart speaker. Uh, this would work really nicely to provide music to an entire room um, where you're potentially spending more time, but not waking up right next to it. So if I put this in a corner of the office um, where I'm going to potentially look at it from any corner of the room, so the screen size does matter in that case, but I want to sometimes listen to music while I work, listen to the radio, whatever it is, that's where I think it will actually take place. So I think for me, this is for the home office. Um, Not many corporates would allow you to have this, but I think for the home office, it works out quite well. The price uh, in Australia was looking at $229, which is an extra $100 bucks over the Echo Show 5 and about $100 bucks less than the Echo Show 10. So it does fit in a nice little sweet spot. I do like it. And I will say it has got a camera on the front, which you can use to do video calling uh, with people who have the uh, Amazon Alexa app installed. So if you're, you know, your wife or your husband, whatever the case may be, you can actually do video calls from this device. It has a shutter, a physical shutter that you can use to block the camera. So if you are worried about privacy, you can physically close that so even if somebody does call you on it you'll be able to hear them um, but they won't be able to see you so i think that's a good privacy thing that they've added is the echo show eight i just wanted to talk about that because it's interesting how you've got all these different devices and you're wondering as to where they actually fit so without further ado i want to get into the next piece which is our interview All right. Now, look, I'm really excited about this. And first of all, I'm never going to do all of the news and reviews in a single breath ever again. Uh, I really needed a sip of my wine in between that 10-minute uh, rant. Now, my next guest on the show is La Huang. He is the managing director of Huawei's consumer business group in Australia. He has been with Huawei for over 11 years in multiple different roles all over the globe. And it was just so nice to have him join us and spend a few minutes talking about where Huawei is today and also to learn a little bit more about himself as well. We're extremely lucky to have him spend his time uh, with little old me and for you guys to enjoy. So without further ado, uh, La King Huang, the Managing Director for Australia. In Huawei, Larkin, if it weren't for the coronavirus, we would likely be having this conversation in Barcelona during Mobile World Congress. Now, can you talk a little bit about how much of an impact this virus has had on Huawei's business internally?
1: Thank you. So yeah, you're right. Actually, we should have this conversation in Barcelona. So after this outplay of the uh, coronavirus, actually Huawei has taken a very serious approach. So we has it's established a special team involving very high level uh, senior management people to uh, avoid any uh, outbreak inside Huawei. So from now actually the the situation is fine. So we have done a lot of in uh, staff management. So we are canceling all the business trip from Hubei and from Wuhan. And also in the office environment we do additional like uh, cleaning and uh, stuff masking or those kind of uh, necessary method to avoid any uh, affections and also from a supply perspective we are not we are having some challenge but not really impact in australian business so uh after review with our supply chain team in the next three to six months actually the supply to australia
0: uh it's 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 okay it's under control so excellent excellent that's good news and one of the big announcements that you've made recently is around the mate xs and it is coming to australia which which you've informed us already but can you tell the, the audience a little bit about this device what is it and what's so amazing about it this time
1: yeah sure so i think i we have the first generation uh, uh foldable phone last year actually Impress everyone, so everyone thinks it was the best foldable phone in the world. And now comes with the generation two. So I would share about the feeling when I have my hands on the phone. So I think number one, the folding experience is much better with the uh, Falcon uh, 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 uh wing new Falcon wing design. So it makes the fold much easier and more comfortable. So I can easily fold the phone and unfold the phone quite uh, easily, smoothly than the generation one. It, because the last one, actually, I, I was a bit scaring to, oh, okay, to fold the phone, possibly if something happened. But this time when I fold it, I found it is the engineering way, it's much better. So I, I'm more confident to fold it and unfold it. Secondly, this phone actually come with the uh, current 990, so it's the latest 5G chipset. Uh, it's the one uh, uh, all-in-one chipset instead of last year. It's a, it's a 4G chipset plus another 5G module. So this is much more powerful and adapt to the latest chipset technology. So the other one is the screen. I think everyone is acquiring uh, about the screen. They think when we fold this uh, phone so much, will the screen get uh, destroyed? So, and this time actually we also improve the screen quality. So I believe it's a, it's a good news for all the uh, consumers. Uh, I think this is all the main point and the camera. And the camera, you, uh, you know, Huawei has the latest May 30 Pro with four camera. And this second generation foldable uh, phone has pulled in that latest camera as well. So I think that's a good news for those people who like to use their smartphone to take great photos.
0: Absolutely. And one of the interesting things with, with the way Huawei has approached the folding devices is that the screen actually folds around the outside of the, of the device rather than having the screen in the middle, as we've seen with Motorola and Samsung. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about, about the risk in that? I mean, you've got one. Have you noticed any issues around scratches or how you actually protect a device that really is a, a whole bunch of screen
1: um i think this is also one of the innovation point of huawei to have uh, these this uh, outside in foldable uh, 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 engineering uh, design so i think there has uh, i think everyone uh, as like uh, a play off maybe the screen is outside possibly we will have uh, that damage but The good news is that after a lot of internal testing and this design, um, actually it's quite stable in the generation two and also is more uh, uh familiar to the touch phone user. You know, when you only o- open the phone outside in and you will see the screen, but normally when we are using a, a touch screen phone now, the screen is always on outside, so so I think that's. Uh, little difference I think uh, follow the development of the foldable phone we will see more kind of uh, folding way of the foldable phone so we are expecting the company are having more foldable uh, method in the future
0: Uh, and I can't wait to see more of these devices because it's been interesting to see how it's being applied differently from a foldable phone that gets smaller or a phone that actually folds out to be something bigger in in your case with the Mate XS, what sort of productivity benefits do you see with a foldable device like this? Um, I
1: think for being myself, I have used the Generation 1 for a few months and I have started to use the Generation 2 for, for a few days. What for me is that when I need a bigger screen, I can have a, that immediately. I don't need to go to my laptop. I don't need to go back to the office. I can watch my video. I can read my news. Uh, I can I can also do my uh uh, uh like a, anything. You need a big screen like an email as well. So uh, second thing is that uh, this phone is also can bring me in a very uh, multi multi uh, uh, app uh, can working together in the same screen. That means for example, if you're doing a web browser when you are seeing something interesting. And then you you want to open your social app, like your WhatsApp, your Facebook to share with your friend. And you can do it in the same screen and you don't feel uh, narrow. So because the screen is big enough. So this is the multitasking is also good for me. I can do email at the same time. I can also do my web browsing and also have my social apps available as well.
0: I really like that feature too and I, and it's something that I have seen before on on your device and it's just it's incredible just how much power it's got to manage all those applications. The the other question I was having around this particular device is, you know, that it does run the Android operating system which everyone is familiar with. However, obviously given the the recent issues, it won't support things like, you know, some of the Google services that that some would expect. My my question here is how does Huawei sort of manage the customer expectations around that in how they market this device and, and sell it to consumers?
1: Yeah, I think the good news maybe you have heard uh, uh, from uh, uh, a literature in the keynotes is that Huawei uh, will launch our uh, Huawei APP Gallery to continuously improve uh, the consumer experience. So the consumer will be able to get Apps from our app gallery, or otherwise they can also do their web browser to enjoy some other service they want. And also that's a very really good way for uh Huawei consumer uh, the phone user. It's a phone clone. So I think I share this uh, functionality with uh, our consumer quite a few times in this market. If you got a, a, a old phone. It doesn't matter if it's Android or other operation system, you can easily use phone clone to clone majority of your apps and data into your new phone to use. So yeah,
0: this is my answer board for this. I think that's a that's a really good point too, that you know, if you are migrating from another phone, you don't necessarily have to lose the applications that you're already used to using. And you mentioned the app gallery, which I think is actually very exciting to see happening because it gives us a third app store that we can start to consider using have you had many uh, much success with local banks or transport organizations in australia to actually get them on board to developing for the app gallery
1: yeah so i think our commitment to 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 do this uh, app gallery is to create a world where everything can work together so we we are working and, and as you know this app gallery is not uh a new because we are already run for a few years so we have actually have like 26 million uh, uh, active users in Europe and uh, 400 million active user globally so uh, in locally we are uh, start this in um, engagement with the local service provider from the end of last year actually we received a lot of uh, positive feedback so we are working together And I expect in the near future can provide a much better experience to our consumer.
0: Absolutely. And I think for a lot of people, there's a lot of excitement around this this particular device and people looking forward to it being released in Australia. Now, when the Mate 30 was launched in Australia, there was an ask for consumers to apply, to to be selected to buy one of 200 units that were brought to Australia. Will Huawei continue to do this with future devices? or? Will this one go direct to market?
1: Yeah, this one will go directly to the market because last year, actually, we tried to um, uh, engage with the consumer the concerns and the the worries about the uh, APB gallery and stuff. Actually, for now, actually, we have uh, all the solutions and service uh, support for our consumers. So we are quite confident that we will load out these two devices directly through our channel partner to the market
0: and we are confident that we can take care of our consumer properly. <clears throat> uh, that would be really exciting. I think it's much, a much easier way to access the device as well if it goes direct to market. Now, Larkin, there is a few questions that I ask everybody that I interview, and, and they are very short and sharp type questions that I like to fire off and helps us learn a little bit more about, about the people that I do interview. Uh, okay. my, yeah. first question, my first question here is what is your favorite app to keep you organized?
1: Uh my favorite apps. Actually I got a few, but the number one app I need to use actually is Relink. is the Huawei Working app. Of course. Of it's course. a very no. it's a very powerful, very powerful app. And I can share with you that I can use the app to do messaging, to do email, and do video conference, and also to do all my calendar stuff. And you can download my Huawei internal app which can look after your travels your expense. So that, that is uh, my, my, my favorite app to organize my work. So from my life perspective, actually I enjoy uh, Facebook and Instagram quite, quite a lot. That helped me to, to engage with all my family and friends.
0: That was going to be my second question actually, was your favorite social media app. And if you had to choose, almost like picking your favorite child between Facebook or Instagram, which one would you say?
1: I think I like Instagram better in the last two years. So I think two, three years ago, actually I used Facebook quite often because all my customers, all my friends, they were on Facebook. But in the recent years, I realized that a lot of uh, uh, friends moved to Instagram. And also myself is also a photo lover. So I, I always use my Huawei phone to take some uh, good videos and photos. And sometimes I also share and feel like the share experience in Instagram
0: is much better. So, so I think I I prefer Instagram now. (laughs) I'm the same. I'm the same. Now, if you have five minutes to spare between meetings, what's the first thing that you do on your phone? Uh, I
1: will chat a few apps. Number one, you know, uh i got all my families in my wechat you know the 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 chinese uh, social app so i yes. will i will normally chat if uh, my family is looking for me in any emergencies etc and the second things possibly i will look in my emails to see if there are any approval are uh, very really, uh very urgent approvals they need me to 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 deal with like those kind of things.
0: Perfect, perfect. Now, do you wear a smartwatch or do you wear a traditional timepiece still? Yeah, this is, a, this, this is a great question because I
1: was not a watch lover a few years ago. I got a lot of uh, uh, like a lawless or the other watch, but I only wear when I go to a very important like event, etc. When I wear like a serious suit and, and, and those kind of thing, But in the last two, three years, I start to use the Huawei smartwatch. And I feel like now I, I couldn't get lead of that thing because that helped me to monitor my uh, exercise record and also my um, sleep and also can help me to monitor my heart rate. You know, uh, for, for us, get to the age, is not, not really young anymore. So we are really care about our health. So those things, those monitor functionality actually is reminding myself to sleep properly, uh, to exercise properly. So I think smartwatch is one of my must have
0: asset in this moment. And the, and the Huawei GT2 is actually quite a sexy looking watch as well. So it, um, it makes sense to keep wearing that. Now, the other question is that when you do take a flight, do you like to use the in-flight entertainment system or do you bring your own device?
1: Uh, I think both. You know, sometimes because I travel too often. So uh actually the movies I have watched them all sometimes. <laughs> Especially I, I I I will I will I always take like a, a contest or KC Pacific. So their movie will update like once a month. Actually maybe I take five to five six times with them one month. So and also I will I will normally bring in my own devices to do some reading when I travel Hmm. so I will sometimes use the in-flight entertainment for sure
0: and what do you love to do to disconnect away from technology
1: Uh, I think reading reading so I think that's the most efficient time for me to do reading when I don't have any internet connection and I can be very quiet nobody's calling no email is coming in and I can just focus on the book I'm reading I really
0: enjoyed love, that timing. <laughs> I, I love that too and now this this podcast is normally recorded uh, with a glass of wine. It's one of the things that I like to do is talk technology while also enjoying uh, a nice glass of wine. What is what what is your favorite thing to go to is with, is it a wine is it a whiskey? Um, how do you like to unwind with with something in your hand? Uh, I think
1: actually I'm a wine lover, so but I also Uh, like whiskey as well so it depends if I go out with my friends especially like a party something I think I prefer whiskey because that can help you get the mood quickly but if you really enjoy a great dinner with your family I think I will go for wine
0: Any any particular brand or, or style that you'd like to pick?
1: Um that's plenty, right? So I I lived in Europe for three four years. Actually, there's so many uh good uh wine brands. But from mm. a wine perspective, I prefer like a slush. Maybe it's more fit for uh, Asian taste. So and I think Barossa Valley in Australia also uh produce very good slush wine. So
0: I really enjoy the wine from that area. Agreed, agreed, and I think. I think sitting next to you at dinner the other night, I think we were both having, uh, both having a glass of bread and it was fantastic. So thank you. Thank you. That, that's all the questions I've got for you liking. It, uh, it was awesome to get to know you a little bit more and, and to hear a little bit more about what Huawei is up to. Thank you. Now, look, we genuinely do appreciate everybody's time when we do these interviews. I know it's time out of people's day, and it's just a pleasure to get people on. And it gives you guys a different voice to hear instead of mine all the time. Interesting stuff from from Larking. I think I think obviously he's being extremely open as much as he can around the challenges that Huawei is facing. It's no secret that you know they really have things have had things pulled from underneath their feet when it comes to you know losing the Google services. And it's interesting to hear what they're doing around the App Gallery. I have had a good look at it when I was with him. Uh, over Dinner a couple of nights ago, and it was just really interesting to see just how positive they still are, and just how resilient they are in this in this way as well. That they are still charging forward, they are bringing new devices to market, they are not slowing down. So the case will be whether consumers are, are accepting of that, and we're we're yet to see it. We're yet to really know the full impact that Huawei will have as a result of losing, um, you know, the the real benefits that Google does provide when it comes to Android. So interesting stuff from him, and I again do thank him for it. Now next week uh, I will have. Another guest on the show. It's going to be interesting. I'm getting different people coming through to suggest guests. Do come to me. You know, do let me know, guys. If there is someone out there, and I don't care how famous they are, um, whether they're super famous or not famous at all, if you've got people that you think are interesting uh, that I should be having a chat to please let me know. It could be anybody and everybody. I'm always happy to to hear it out and see if we can actually bring them on the show. Next week, more gadget reviews. I've got the Galaxy S20 Ultra sitting next to me and I can't wait to uh, do some proper tests with that. I've got the Grand Prix next week, unless that's cancelled from the coronavirus. Who knows? The coronavirus is ruining every kind of event that I've had planned for this year, except for CES. That was fine do stay in touch. If you're interested, do do check out my social platforms like Twitter, Instagram, and there's a Facebook page as well. uh, Jeff Quattromani, G-E-O-F-F-Q-U-A-T-R-O-M-A-N-I, the world's longest last name. Keep in touch. We'll speak to you soon. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Bye-bye.